You know, in baseball, they call August the dog days, the dog days of summer, because for baseball teams, even those that are in the lead and are looking to maybe making the playoffs and possibly the World Series, these are kind of tough days. The weather can be hot and muggy and we're way past the beginning of the season when things are new and fresh. And the end, while getting close, is still a little bit ways out. It's just, it can be kind of difficult, sometimes for believers too. That's why today... I've decided to talk to you on the subject, a glow with the spirit, avoiding burnout. Let me say that again, a glow with the spirit, avoiding burnout. Man, I am praying today that you can get that the joy of the Lord is your strength. I like that connection between joy and being strong, to keep on keeping on. No wonder the Bible tells us often to rejoice. Paul feels so strong about that. At one time, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice because joy gives us strength to keep on keeping on. I'm even thankful for God's sovereignty because sometimes God's sovereignty is what helps me keep my sanity. The world can often get so crazy and at times to me almost bizarre out there. I am glad that God is still in charge and he ain't in no trouble and his sovereignty can help me uh, keep my sanity. He's got the whole world in his hands, so don't be afraid to put yourself into his hands today. (laughs) Makes me think now when I was a kid, there was a really popular song on, on the secular radio called, He's Got the Whole World in his hands, and 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 he does for you today. In fact, if, if things are bad, and if it's, things are bad and it seems like nothing good is happening, it simply means that God isn't finished yet. So hang in there because the championship is coming. In fact, God, we receive today by faith what you offer us through your grace. Stay aglow with the Spirit avoiding burnout. In the book of Exodus chapter 3, a very well-known passage, Moses, who's been on the backside of the desert for 40 years, oh yeah, he grew he grew up in Pharaoh's palace and he was wealthy, rich, and famous, but at one point in his life, he got mad and killed an Egyptian that was, you know, uh, what's it called, oppressing one of his own people in, in slavery there. And so, bam, he split. And he spent the next 40 years of his life as an outcast probably thinking life is over, what would have been, could have been, should have been, maybe even a a little bit lethargic. But in Exodus 3, verse 1, we read these words. He he at least met a girl and married her. So, you know, he had a family thing going on. Exodus 3, one day Moses was tending the flock of his (laughs) father-in-law. I mean, he, at one time he was in charge of a nation, and now he's out there working for his father-in-law. He says, he sent the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness, and he came to Sinai, uh, the mountain of God. There, the angel of the Lord, and by the way, I don't want to get off on this too much right now, but most Bible teachers would, would argue that whenever you see in the Old Testament the phrase, the angel of the Lord is probably a pre-incarnate or before Bethlehem or an Old Testament, if you will, appearance of Jesus. But be that as it may, it says, there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing. 
Moses said to himself, why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. On fire without burning up. A glow with the spirit and avoiding burnout. Now, in, 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 in looking at what God did in Moses' life, I want to remind you, you may come across something like this at some point. In fact, what is God setting on fire in your life right now? Or what is God doing to kind of get your attention? Because he's trying trying to, to turn things around. Well, to stay aglow with the Spirit and to avoid burnout, just a couple of things I want to share with you. One is get your hopes up. That's right. You heard me correctly. Get your hopes up. So often we hear people say things like this. Well, don't, you know, don't give people false hope. And don't get their hopes up just to to let them down. Well, today, I pray that you are living in the expectation of favorable change. Let me say that again. I am praying for you today that you are living in the expectation of favorable change. Back in his heyday, the great Or Roberts uh, used to have a banner over the platform where where he would teach and pray for the sick, and it would simply say, expect a miracle. What are you expecting today? I pray that you have an expectation of favorable change. Even if you you don't feel your best today, I pray you have that. Problems at home, I pray you have an expectation of favorable change. Is that person at work getting on your nerves? I'm telling you, have an expectation of favorable change. Not making the kind of money you'd like to make and struggling financially. I pray that you can develop the expectation of favorable change in your life. God can do it in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. God can get that deal done for you, salesperson. The promotion may well just be coming. A new door is going to be opening up. God may have a new house, a new dwelling place for you. Maybe a new role that will be more satisfying, fulfilling, and financially rewarding for you. I'm expecting to receive a mess, uh, a blessing, and I'm expecting God to use me to be a blessing to somebody else. I believe God wants you to get your hopes up here at Faith Today. Paul says in Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 5, he says, we can rejoice too. There's that joy and strength again. We can rejoice. Well, I want to be strong. When things get tough, rejoice. Everyone's people say, Joy is not simply a mood. It's also a muscle. Work it out, man, when when your joy is under attack. Anyway, back to the text. We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. So when life gets tough, rejoice, because at at, that bare minimum, you're developing strength in your life that's going to help you. It helps us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation, and this hope will not lead us to disappointment. You know, there's something in, in life that is called the reticular activating system. Uh, When when something unusual happens, for example, it triggers what is called the reticular activating 
uh, a system, it, things that would get our attention and, and, and improve focus. The reticular activating system, which is what scientists and social scientists talk about, is, is actually a filtering system that allows us and helps us to kind of pay attention to those things that we need to pay attention to. For example, uh, the unusual can activate the reticular activating system. You was bumping along in life and all of a sudden, boom, there's a burning bush. <laughs> it's anything unusual, okay, it gets our attention. Threats, boom, will activate the reticular activating system. And, and so will things we value. This explains, for example, why, why moms of like toddlers, let's say, can sometimes, you know, kind of nod off and take a little nap. Maybe there's the sound of traffic outside, the house is noisy, other kids. But if that baby starts to cry, immediately that triggers the reticular activating system because they're able to filter out all this other noise, all this other, what becomes like white noise, and they pay attention to that. You know, today, you know, we're just overwhelmed with stuff. I was thinking the other day because on some of the news channels, I know most of you just get your news from social media, Twitter, TikTok, whatever, but in the old school uh Stations like CNN, Fox News, MSNBC. I notice they use a lot nowadays, breaking news, breaking news. Why? Because they're trying to activate your reticular activating system. They're trying to get you to focus. They're trying to get you to pay attention. Back when I was a kid growing up, if breaking news came on the television, it, it hardly ever did. And when it did, something huge happened. Like President Kennedy. I was alive as a little kid when President Kennedy was assassinated or years later, his brother Robert Kennedy, not long after the same year, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Break, in other words, breaking news used to actually be breaking news. Now everything's breaking news, so it no longer activates my reticular activating system because they've overused it. They've just made it too common. Um, the same thing, that this reticular activating system is what causes us to notice stuff that we typically don't notice. Like if all of a sudden you really need a long blue dress for an adventure going to, you may not have paid much attention. Also now, you notice long blue dresses every place. That's the reticular activating system that filters out all this stuff and helps you focus in on what it is you're trying to focus in on. Or if you're shopping for a certain kind of car, all of a sudden, you notice how many of those kind of cars there are in the road all of a sudden. Until then, you never notice that there are all these different kind of cars. Well, the burning bush uh, activated Moses's reticular activating system, and God will do stuff in our life to activate our spiritual reticular activating system. All of a sudden, boom, we can break out of the dog days of August lethargy and kind of same old, same old, and boring, 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 and boom, get our attention. Not only do I want you to, to get your hopes up, and I also want you to stay aglow with the Spirit. I love this version uh, on Romans chapter 12. It says here in Romans chapter 12, verses 11 through 13, Paul writing, he says, never flag in zeal. <laughs> I know easier said than done, but this is our excerpt. Don't flag in zeal. Be aglow. This is where I get my sermon title from. Be aglow with the Spirit. I, I like that image. Let me say it again. Be aglow with the Spirit. If memory serves me right, there used to be sort of a major women's group years ago called Women's Aglow. Uh, anyway, back to the text. Be aglow with the Spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. 
Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. And there's some great advice right there from Paul. Just bam, bam, bam. Be a glow with the Spirit. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and practice hospitality. The message paraphrase takes that same verse that says, be a glow with the Spirit, and it paraphrases it like this, because the Message Bible is more of a paraphrase than a translation. It says, don't burn out, keep yourselves fueled and aflame. This is my exhortation here to you on this Sunday morning. Don't burn out, keep yourselves fueled and aflame. You know, human beings actually uh, have energy and, and light emanating from them anyway. It's just so um, our human eyes cannot see it. Uh, I, I believe that some of these night vision things or that high military can use, they can even look into a house through walls and they can tell who's there because we, we emit light. If you ever check it, you can check this out on Google. Per cubic centimeter, human beings emit more light uh, and more heat than the sun. Now, you'd have to go, that's true. You have to go back and kind of look at why that is, because that's your average cubic centimeter of the sun. It's going to be less than your average cubic centimeter of a human. But before you jump off and think you can take on the sun, the sun at its core is extraordinarily hot. And as it goes out and out and out, it gets less and less hot. So if you take an average of all of that, it, it, it works out like that. But bottom line, we, we emit what's called, um, it's like infrared, like your remote control. Human beings already are emitting some light. It's almost like God put into our very physical beings to be a glow. And can you imagine that when we get born again and the Spirit of God comes to live within us and we have Jesus in there, sometimes the world might go, oh, I sense your aura, or I, I can sense that kind of energy. I've had People tell me that a lot in my life. I'll go someplace in a Hollywood setting, um, going to some movie premiere or something. I'm getting to meet certain celebrities. And I've been told a lot, as has Marguerite, ooh, you guys have a good aura. You guys emit light. That's not just human, man. That's the power of God uh, working, working from us. Now, whatever emits light, whatever emits energy, also has to endure the burning of that uh, to, that creates that energy. Look, at this is why, and why it's hard to stay aglow, this is why after blessing and encouraging others, we often can find ourselves drained. Marguerite teases me because she, by nature, is people energized, and I, by nature, am people drained. Now, that may shock you because I'm a pastor. I love people. I love being around people. But when I've been around people for very long, it, it, it drains me, whereas Marguerite gets energy. It's like her going to the gas station. You know, she gets, she gets fuel from being around people. I get drained by being around people. And, and, and some people, you know, drain, drain us more than others. Even if you're a people person like Marguerite, I mean, come on, you just know that there are, there are times you're just like, you get a call from someone and you see that name and you're like, nope, uh, I, I don't, you know, I don't know. In fact, outside in our backyard during August and other times of the year, you'll notice you have a light outside. It can attract bugs and pests. 
So the, the light that we have can, can cause us to attract this kind of stuff. But don't, but don't stop shining. Um, um, don't, listen, don't let who they are change who you are. So just because they may drain you and they may bother you and they may, back, may even do things like backstab you, don't let who they are change who you are. Don't let their darkness quench your light and all that. So let, let's stay aglow. I like how, how the RSV translates that, 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 that Greek. It says, stay aglow, stay alive with, with the Holy Spirit. And yeah, that involves enthusiasm, but it's, it's got to be more than simply enthusiasm. Have you ever seen ball teams? Uh, all my grandkids, when they've served on ball teams before every game, they kind of get in the huddle. And I don't want to look foolish right now, but I guess I will. They kind of, whatever the school, oh, 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 they start to jump up and down, chant, whatever the name of school is. I know that was pretty sad, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. And they get all excited. Pro teams do this a lot. Pro teams do it before a game. And then you see them go out in the field and they just get their butts kicked. <laughs> you see that kind of enthusiasm starts to wane. Now, listen, it takes enthusiasm to stay aglow with the Spirit, but it takes more than enthusiasm. You cannot win, you cannot stay aglow with the Spirit with enthusiasm alone. I'll never forget when just a couple months ago I sat down with my grandkids and watched on Netflix a special called The Redeem Team about the basketball team that went to the Olympics. Not the dream team. The dream team was the basketball team from, what, 1992? The first time they allowed professionals, non-amateurs, to play in the Olympics in basketball. Oh, man, America, we had the dream team, baby. We had Michael Jordan. It, it was incredible. And, and, and we kicked butt. Well, 10 or so years later, I think it was in 2004, Americans had been upset and had gotten the bronze medal at the Olympics in basketball, which was a, a crushing defeat. And then a few years later, they had lost in some kind of world event on basketball as well. So this special is all about 2008 when they were putting together a team to try to regain the greatness of American basketball. And they called this the Redeem Team. I bring this up because he didn't start off on the team, though he was later made captain, but my favorite player ever, Kobe Bryant, uh, came onto the team. And they told the story about how when he came on, they were practicing in Las Vegas. And some of the players talked about this uh, on camera. They said one night, and said they were doing better, they were getting good. In fact, they would go on to win the gold medal. But here they are before the Olympics and they're practicing in Vegas. And as you might guess, even though they're working hard, when practice was over, there's lots of stuff to do in Vegas. So several of the players were coming back to the hotel, I think at 3 or 4 a.m. in the morning. And they get into the elevator to start to go up into their rooms and, you know, who knows whatever. They said, and when the elevator door opened, in the elevator, heading down from his room to go to the workout area was Kobe Bryant. I mean, several of them had been out all night partying. Kobe was just waking up and heading down. That incident, they said, sort of changed the focus of the team it, was, it activated their reticular activating system, and they saw, you know what? Enthusiasm alone, or even just great talent alone, is not going to do it. There also has to be some hard work as well. 
Nelson, so, so a few tips that I want to give you. Let me be Kobe Bryant for you right now. <laughs> Spiritually speaking, tips on avoiding burnout because burnout results, August can, like in baseball, dog days of August, it can result from emotional, physical, mental exhaustion, often caused by excessive and just prolonged stress. Uh, sometimes it's not just the big thing, it's just that the, the grind finally gets you. It's just like, it just won't stop. It just won't stop. Some people, uh, some, some people in your life, for example, that you can only take them in doses because there's just so much going on all the time, all the time, all the time. Uh, I can remember before I had my heart issue, how long has that been now? It's like it's been 10 years, maybe 15 years. I remember that your body must have a natural sense that something's happening because uh, the few days before I had uh, wasn't even a heart attack. It was just a heart incident, they called it, but it was very dangerous. I had ended up having a stint put in my heart in an area that they called the Widowmaker that was 95% blocked. Anyway, before I ever had that happen, a few days before, I noticed I was just burnt out and stressed over things that normally wouldn't burn me out and stress me. I remember it was about Thursday and Friday, and I was going to speak at church that weekend, then fly up to do some special speaking in another part of the nation for Sunday night, and then stay and speak at a conference during some of that week. And for some reason, it just felt to me totally overwhelming. Like, there's no way, there's not a snowball's chance in hell I can do any of this. And it's funny because, I, I mean, at the time, I remember the other part of my brain was going, Jim, you do stuff like this all the time. This isn't that hard. What are you, what are you talking about? But I super felt like that. And I was told later that sometimes, and again, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a psychiatrist, but sometimes maybe your body, your body just kind of chemically knows that something's going on. And I felt absolutely overwhelmed. And you can end up burned out unless, listen, unless you can discover an ongoing source or a constant source of fuel. It's interesting because that bush that Moses saw was burning, and normally it's going on the fuel of that brush, which is fine for the fire, but the bush ends up getting burned out. But in this case, it was burning, but the bush was not being burned out. Now, the bush for us today, a lot, a lot of things that, that motivate a lot of people, and this is true, can motivate all of us, even as Christians, is that money can become a fuel. Uh, money is for sure. <laughs> I mean, a lot, a lot of you, if you're out there, if you're single right now, would you rather find someone who's um, rich and good looking or pouring I mean, you're, you know you're you're going to you're going to choose rich M money can be be a fuel for relationships it can be a fuel for dreams though you got to be careful cuz money can also be deceptive um it, it doesn't satisfy. It, it promises more than, than it can deliver but come on let's let's get real money is a fuel Knowledge for some people is a fuel, even more than money. Some people have more degrees than thermometers, and that's just kind of kind of what fuels them and what motivates them and, and gets them going. People, I've already said about Marguerite. Marguerite is people energized. I don't know if she's people fueled or not, but she's people energized. For some people, people are kind of what what can come along and, and just cause us to be uh, motivated. Attention. Uh some, for some people, getting it. That's why fame can be such a powerful drug. People want to just become famous. We often sometimes will confuse that with significance. 
We think if I'm well-known, famous, rich, whatever, then I will be a significant person. Um, and, and all these things can, can become a real issue, but I want to suggest there's something more than all this stuff. Now, you could go on and on and on about what fuels people. I've just mentioned a few. But for us, us, us who love God and want to make it over the long term, God himself, duh, I'm hoping this isn't a huge revelation to you that love Jesus. God himself is the ultimate fuel that can keep us aglow with the Spirit and not getting burned out. Uh, Jesus, at one point, when he was talking to the woman at the well in Samaria in, uh, in, in the book of John, uh, he says to her, he says, because he says, anyone could, by the way, he asked her if he can have a drink. And she goes, why are you talking to me? Because I'm a Samaritan. I'm a woman. Most people, most men don't talk to strange women and certainly don't talk to Samaritans because they're, they're a hated ethnic group for the Jews and vice versa. And Jesus says, well, if you knew, if you knew who you were talking to, you would have asked for more. Anyway, Jesus says this, anyone who drinks this water will soon be thirsty again. So honey, if you drink the water out of that well, we all need it, but you know what? You're gonna get thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It will be, it becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Ooh, I'm thinking now back in the Jesus Freak days and in early days of our church, songs like, I've got a river of life flowing out of me. And a stupid song, but a good, good meaning behind it. Makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. You can have a river of life flowing out of you, a constant source of fuel for you. Yeah, but, but, but how can we do that? If, if I'm going to tell you something very simply, God is the ultimate source of our fuel. How can we do that? Just a couple of quick thoughts before I'm done. One is stay connected to the source. Jesus said in John 15, remain in me as I also remain in you. Uh, Old King James there says, abide. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Stay plugged in. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I mean, you know, so so how, how do we stay connected? I, I, just quickly, I know this sounds like Sunday school, but listen, prayer keeps us connected, meditation, praise and worship, fellowship, that's why I'm glad you're with us right now and hope you can get on campus as much as possible. Uh, discipling and mentoring others help. There's not one person who's an addict that I've ever talked to who has stayed sober or straight in the long term who hasn't told me that the number one key that kept them sober all these years has not so been so much what they received from others. It's them becoming a mentor and a helper and a discipler of others. That's another way to, to stay plugged in. See, you have to have a source to re-energize that battery of yours. The other day, Marguerite on one of our walk, actually, I wasn't with her this particular time. I walked with her a lot, but she found a phone and it was buried in the sand, and she found this phone, and so she was trying to figure out whose it belonged to, but the phone was already out of battery, and so it had no energy, no, no source, and 
because of what had happened, she even tried plugging it in and it didn't work. She was a genius, by the way. Our car has wireless charging. So she finally figured out, which I would have never thought of because I'm dumb. She figured out to put it on our car that has wireless charging. And to make a long story short, she got it charged enough to be able to contact the person. And they were quite happy uh, to be getting their, their phone back. Um, we need to source and connect with God. Source, connect with God. Sometimes, and again, I'm the furthest thing from a sharp person with computers, but sometimes when I've tried to connect with stuff, I've been asked, my computer asked me, or my iPad, do you trust this device? Because if you're going to connect with it, do you trust it? And I'm wow, I thought, that's interesting. Some people are more interested in being careful who they connect their iPhone, their computer, their, their smart pads to, than they are about who they connect their lives to. You know, be careful because if you connect with the device you don't trust, it can take stuff from you. You can, you can corrupt your own files. I just got a call this morning from a pastor friend of mine of one of the biggest churches, uh, churches in America, and he was just letting me know because I help serve on the board there that they had just been attacked. Uh, their whole computer system. And he was telling me about that and how they're having to go through and do all that. Because somehow, of course, in this case, they got hacked. They weren't connecting. But you got to, you got if, if you have to trust the device before you connect your computer to it, why don't you be careful with your life? Because this is a source that can keep us aglow or it can cause us to be burned out if we connect with the wrong source. Uh, don't don't be afraid to remove barriers. I'm gonna move quick now, but to remove barriers and, and hindrances, that's another thing. Unplug, separate. Jesus very often would lead his disciples away. I'll just read it to you. It says, the apostles returned to Jerusalem from their ministry tour and told Jesus all they had done and taught. Then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that they did not even have time to eat. When Moses stood before God in the burning bush, one of the first things God told him was, take off your sandals, for this is, is holy ground. God didn't want anything human-made to come between Moses and his contact with the divine. Let me make that modern. God may tell you, turn off your phone, turn off your computer, Take out those AirPods. I don't want there to be anything between me and you. So sometimes we need to remove those barriers if we want to stay fueled so we can stay aglow with the Spirit. Don't be afraid to do more of those things that are going to cause you to become alive spiritually. In Jude, Jude says, But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love. That phrase there, building yourselves up, is very similar to what today we would call going to the club and working out to build yourself up. And the last thing I'll quickly throw at you is this. If you want to stay aglow with the Spirit and not burn out, don't be afraid to take some time for some self-care. That's right. Preacher said self-care. Self-care, for all you religious folk, is not the same as being selfish. You do not have to apologize for taking care of yourself. I know people, and I bet you do too, who literally abuse themselves by taking care of others. But here's the deal. If you don't take care of you, you will not be healthy enough to take care of others. You need rest for restoration. You need rest 
for restoration. You have to figure out, you know, what, what refreshes Golf refreshes me. Marguerite laughs about that, but it does. Um, sometimes just taking a hot bath or like going to a jacuzzi, that refreshes me. Uh, my son Dan thinks a bath is like wallowing in your own filth, but sometimes taking a hot bath relaxes me more than a shower. Alone time, all that. What, what, what works for you? I mean, tons of different things work for different people. Can I end by encouraging you? Come on, man, stay aglow with the Spirit. God has given you all the resources you need to do this, that, to do just that, and you will not be sorry. Um, I'm thinking right now the way Hollywood very often makes fun of Christians. Uh, I remember some of you will have no idea what I'm talking about, but any of you that are Simpson fans, remember their next door neighbors, the Flanders? that were sort of a, and it was very funny. They were like a syrupy, sweet, overly nice, not realistic church-going family. I mean, the kids would argue like this, it's my turn to do Bible study. No, it's my turn to do Bible study. And, you know, they just they just made it look really stupid. And Hollywood, by the way, even when they're doing serious films, are very quick to point out the boredom and the nothingness of traditional church-going American Christians. Women can't do anything, and they just housewives, and they're bored. You know, they're pretty good about bringing up some of the bad stuff about that. What they don't bring out near as often is they pay the price when they— Have you ever seen have you ever seen someone who likes to party and go crazy when they're in their 20s? Look at them by the time they're in their 40s or 50s, or 60s. You want to talk about being burnt out? You want to talk about looking old before their time? And that is if they're even still alive. I'm simply telling you this. God is always better. Stay aglow by plugging into God. Don't fall into the temptations to try to fill your life, which will not work. All these things are not going to help you in the long term. Only God can do it. So let's stay aglow with the Spirit. Let's stay fervent in our faith. And let's fight the good fight, knowing that there is laid up for us a crown of righteousness.